everyone. Welcome back to Make Do. I'm Tiff Arment. And I'm Julia Scott. And today we're going to talk about colors because in the but summertime. First, huh? Wait, what? Uh, no, uh, but I wanted first to talk about, it was kind of funny, almost I think the day or two days after we recorded our last episode, uh, I saw you did a live on Instagram where you were painting. Mm. And it was so funny, like right after we'd been talking about like imposter syndrome and feeling like... I guess that's kind of the theme of all our episodes, but, uh, and I was sitting there, I was like, oh, she's so good at it. She's like a real artist. Who <laughs> oh am I too? You actually said that in your brain? Uh-huh. I was oh like, you look, mainly I was like, you look so confident. You look like you know what you're doing and where you want it to. And I realized like after the fact, I was like, and not like, oh no, she probably, you know, doesn't know what she's doing, but more like, because we've talked about it so much, I was like, no, she probably doesn't. She doesn't have that confidence and maybe few people do. But it was like that very, very clear contrast of like, I talked to you like 48 or 72 hours ago about <laughs> not having confidence. But then the way you were painting, like it was like every stroke had like a purpose and a, a, a goal. Oh my gosh, so. it's so like cool to hear. I <laughs> I did not have any confidence doing that. It was one of those situations where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of alone in the studio. I think I'm going to try and do this. I've seen other people do this. I'm like, I'm just going to record what I do because maybe people want to see me doing terrible, untechnical things. And I just decided to do it. And I set it up like my phone was kind of balancing on uh, my paint box. <laughs> it was a pretty jerry-rigged setup. Uh, but yeah, I um, that conversation kind of made me not want to be afraid to do that. So I decided I'm like, you know what, good or bad judgment or not judgment i'm gonna just tape this and see if anyone wanted to watch so and it was actually kind of fun too because uh like for the first i don't know however long like i i, I didn't know where you were going because i think i like missed the beginning if you said what you were going to be painting so it was very much that like confident brushstrokes but i had no idea where it was going so it's also a little bit like watching a painting show where it's like suddenly <laughs> you're like oh now it's upside down and now it's a dog uh it wasn't it was monster leaves i think right yeah big leaves <laughs> i can't stop i can't stop with the monster so because at first it was like you were filling in this like pink silhouette and i was like i don't know where this is going but she knows she definitely <laughs> knows she knows so well in her soul so i did was... uh yeah i did a sketch on the canvas beforehand and i realized that when I watched the video back, it was in like a yellow creamy pencil. And so uh, no one could see it <laughs> in the light. Ooh, like you couldn't cheating. see it at all. <laughs> so I was like, oh, everyone just watch me just draw around on a white canvas producing more white canvas. Like from everyone's <laughs> view, like no one could see what I sketched. So that was uh, that was pretty funny. But yeah, they're all they're They're both sitting in the studio right now. Half done. So I still have a lot of depth to add to them, but I couldn't. I was just kind of swishing the paint around. So oil paints, it seems like if you want to do certain layering uh, to get more depth here and there, that if you at one point, it's almost like it gets too saturated and it's like, OK, stop. Like, don't <laughs> put any more on because it's just going to move around what's there. So I'm waiting for one layer to dry so I could add in some darker shadings and stuff. I just thought that was like a fun little contrast to almost right after we talked about it so it gave me the confidence so it was good it was good talk it worked and also you had the invisible sketching to make it look like you were just straight out of your head <laughs> <laughs> well i, I sketched it at least right like you know 
No, no, but I mean, like, you, you're <laughs> the maybe part of the confidence in your brush strokes was that you did actually have a guide there that you had yes. put there. But yep. to me, it was just like, ooh, magic. Nice. <laughs> See, that's the a magician secret. You know, you don't, you don't tell like you have twenty thousand pockets under your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have a favorite color? Um, also, I, I wanted to say, like, when we were talking about this topic, it's like, why do we stop asking that question after people are like five? Yeah. Why do we say? I mean, I don't know. I still ask. I, I like to know if people have. A, I don't know. I guess it, it's you get so many. Um, there's so many things that go into a favorite color. And mm-hmm. I think that you have that problem as an adult. If you say my favorite color is blank, then everything you get as a gift or anything that, you know, like it, it just you start getting inundated with it and then you're like, mm-hmm. I don't like this color anymore. It's too much back off. Ah. <laughs> At least that's the way like the gift givers in my life uh, generally go. It's like and... that one time somebody gave you like a frog trinket and then you just have a house full of frogs. Yes, it's exactly like that. It's like you say you like one color and then it's like you're whatever someone gives you or thinks of you or sees something. It's like it's all that one color. Mm-hmm. And at first it's like, yes, give me it all. Like shower me in teal and she did like it's just amazing. And now I'm like, no, pink. Everything's pink <laughs> because it's like the opposite. And like at least that's how I feel, you know, like um red and blue like the two different sides but like that's how uh i mean i guess it's not really the two different sides if you're thinking about the color wheel but (laughs) you know you know what i mean (laughs) like like a warm color and a cool color and like you know now i'm like orange i don't know why like but like that um salmony like really almost hot orange orange but not Uh quite like that's my new thing and so like right now it's, it's more of like a trend situation Mm -hmm. for favorite color than a so it's like the color you're into more than your favorite color yeah but i think overall my favorite color is probably like a like a teal color like somewhere between peacock and turquoise and aqua like that kind of mushy blue green zone okay so my favorite color is also teal somewhere between peacock (laughs) and turquoise it's just so nice it just and now i'm now i'm like is this is this like a is it because we're almost the same age is it something that's triggered and like there was this one music video or something because I don't know. i'm always looking also for like the perfect like the perfect teal nail polish or the perfect because mm-hmm. i had uh in my last apartment we had a big teal wall now the library slash office that i'm in now is like a sort of a I don't know again somewhere between turquoise and teal so it's like a not a minty and not a blue like a greeny turquoise Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just makes me so happy because it's every wall in the whole room Um, but it's funny because people assume that my favorite color is purple because of my hair (laughs) and I do love purple almost all shades of purple but part of me is also like teal with my complexion would just not be a good thing yeah there's some things that were your favorite color just doesn't work and that's okay Mm -hmm. Okay. It cracks me up because our uh, kitchen, our kitchen cabinets are like a mint, uh, mint green. Mm-hmm. And we've actually been able to touch up both on the hinges and a small part of it because I have the exact same color in a nail polish. So like we could just <laughs> fix it. Like, so um, I'm consistent. <laughs> I have that. Yeah, I I loved everything teal. I'm much more attracted to, but I almost have to bust out of it. Otherwise, I'm just feeling like I'm drowning in a teal ocean. Oh yeah, no, I I definitely like I have almost a like there's it's a joke in like my friends and family like how many turquoise 
skeins of yarn can one person own? I'm like, they're not the same. They're similar. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Ooh, uh, nice and, ombre sweater. Right? But it's it's also funny when your favorite color is not, I mean, not, not like a primary color, but a basic color. When you're like, it's a teal, but a specific kind of teal. And I know mm-hmm. it when I see it. Because apparently the most common favorite color is blue. That makes uh, sense. It's a very calming color. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, but blue is not. And it's it's funny, actually, in Russian, there are even different words for light blue and dark blue. They're two different words that are not the same word with light or dark. And I'm like, because blue is such a... And, and I think for a long time, and I'm getting very philosophical, but like linguistically, uh, blue hasn't existed in all languages the same amount of time. Like uh, the sky is green in certain languages, a certain number of uh, centuries ago. So it's like, but what do you mean by blue? Do you mean the first blush of a morning on a Swedish summer mm-hmm. blue? Or do you mean like night sky blue? Do you mean Klein blue? Do you mean like... Twitter blue, Tumblr blue, right? Safari blue, <laughs> exactly. Blue. Uh, Pepsi blue, uh, but I mean, it's obviously it's easier to say blue, and maybe you do like the whole spectrum of blue. But when you're I like, don't. oh no, I, no, I do no, not. But I mean, like maybe people do. Uh, <laughs> but do you like? I, I, there are some blues that I'm just like, Bleh. like that's just so. Bleh. <laughs> like I just don't like it at all. My my disliked blues would be. The sort of very, very sort of pristine, clean, pale blues. They're like only blue, no yellow, no green. And that look synthetic, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Like sort of like the Twitter blue. Like you wouldn't quite see that color really anywhere. And I think maybe that's why they don't appeal to me. Like I I don't know if it's how my brain works, but I, I, I like to see like patterns and be able to compare and to know like that is this color. And so certain colors that just feel computery, maybe like they feel very digital tend Mm. to, that's actually not true because I do like obnoxiously, toxically pink sometimes, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, that's not a natural color at all. (laughs) (laughs) Or like some of like the salmon-y oranges and stuff. Those are, they, they call it salmon, but no salmon really looks like that. And that's actually, I, I find that so funny because when we're talking about like the words, I actually the same summer that I met my husband and uh, one of the things that he still remembers from that summer was a group of friends and there were a couple of days when all of the women in the group taught the men about like peach coral and salmon (laughs) because like this was a foreign concept and this there are studies on this and I'll, I'll link them in the show notes about how when we talk about how men only see certain colors like part of that maybe they're not sure is that maybe women have a few more of the, I can't remember cones or rods that they can tell different shades of red but it's also that we learn the words for all mm. those different colors and men vary and I don't just mean like the words like oh this is um like lipstick color names but like mm-hmm. is this blush is this peach is this salmon is this tangent like that whole range between pink and orange for instance mm-hmm. like women I don't remember the exact numbers, but say that like women can name 20 or 30 or 40 colors just in that shade range. And men are like, it's orange. And if you're lucky, they can say two no- two words for pink. But that also means that they don't sort of observe that range. Well, it's probably also they aren't um, integrated with that from a young age, right? Like we get kind of bombarded with all those colors if you exactly. are interested in nail polish or makeup or even like 
you you tend to, or at least from our generation back, it was like the little girls who did all the art projects, you know, mm-hmm. like who did all the coloring and who did all like that kind of stuff and had clothes for dolls and all different colors and different fabrics and different dresses and different, you know what I mean? Like they're inundated with so many more options for exploring color than little boys are. They get like blue and gray. Like that's all. Yeah, there are so many more arenas for women to learn all those words. Like even Mm -hmm. if you're not interested in makeup, you might still have to go into a clothing store Mm -hmm. Uh, or uh, it's assumed that you will go into a interior design store or at least your mom will take you there or whatever like Mm -hmm. all all of these different places like and and like (laughs) it strikes me also that even even things where colors exist cars are very rarely more than like four like they're the Mm -hmm. sesame street shades like you rarely get sports teams too like they're all like very basic primary like simple colors that are easily recognizable go well with like each other and that's it like it's very which which makes sense from like a logo and recognizability perspective but like cars it's rare to see even like a purple car which i would Mm -hmm. consider still like a basic color it's probably only if you actually do get involved in like artsy creative stuff either with paints or with yarns or stuff as a man that i would assume that you would start learning about the shades partly because the paints have names that are, mm-hmm. are not like lipstick names but are more like carmine red and whatever mm-hmm. but where yeah. else would and i just I, I find that fascinating that you don't see the the range like when you have those games where you're supposed to order the shades women oh often... i rock those hard <laughs> me too I they're so satisfying bam, like 100 and you're like <laughs> i am champion of eyes we can we can do a <laughs> we can do a little um list of of uh, hue type games in the show notes but like th- women are often better and it's not because we see color better e- like regardless of color blindness and that that's more common in men but even two people who have the same level of color vision women because they're trained to see the shade differences will do- and i find that so fascinating it's like how we literally shape reality with mm-hmm. language yeah i mean i just spent <laughs> to talk about something super superficial i just spent like a whole bunch of time, well, not a bunch of time, like maybe really like a minute, but comparing like different orange nail polishes in mm-hmm. the nail salon. <laughs> I was like, this one is a little bit more pink than that one. And this one, like when you look at the wall, it kind of looks like it's all one color, but then you hold them next to each other and there are subtle differences. And it's like, if I even spent that like one minute of time comparing those colors, that was probably way more time than other, like someone else who is not getting their nails done is looking at colors compared to each other you know what I mean like and then that's Mm -hmm. just that's just immersion right and it's you are training like you said you're training your eye to see the differences and the subtle differences because it's like oh there must be a difference between these two so let me look very closely at it and think about it and see it and if you don't have an opportunity to be putting those comparisons together and actually like being like let me look very hard at these and see the hue differences in them then you're never going to learn that. I mean, even I even find in um like when I'm working in Photoshop and stuff, mm-hmm. if if you are trying to color match something for uh, a correcting tool on a photograph or something, you will end up looking at hues and saturation and um you know the the different brightness levels, like all those little things that you can tweak to change the color of something, and that in turn like very 
quickly changes your perspective and changes your eye and seeing how colors work together. So I think even photographers who work digitally end up seeing a lot of that too and get that kind of training and can move forward in recognizing a larger uh, color gamut. And, and, and you know, with, with almost all types of art, even in school, like when you start learning color theory, it's about like, okay, so what neutralizes things? What will uh, wash something or someone out? What kind of background can you have? What levels can you pump up to make something pop? And sometimes it's super obvious and sometimes it's not. And I find mm-hmm. that so fascinating. That's all the stuff I need to learn, like how much green you should put into a skin tone that you don't think should be there. But there's a lot of green. My favorite thing that I learned uh, a number of years ago, which is a trick that a lot of knitters use, is uh, if you're doing multiple colors in a project, like you may look at the colors themselves and be like, okay, so these, you know, go well together and it looks like they have contrast in the color. But if you take a picture of like three balls of yarn and then you desaturate them completely so they're black and white you can see what actual tone they have and if they're too similar in tone they're going to blend together even if they're separate colors mm-hmm. uh, which is fascinating and it's that thing of um wasn't that the the monsters uh which was a show in black and white but their set was bright pink because that photographed the best as the right kind of gray <laughs> was it really? That's yeah. Awesome. And uh, a lot of like makeup artists when movies and TV went into color had to le- relearn a lot of stuff because colors photograph very differently mm-hmm. on film. So it's it's just like it's so interesting. Like what what do you use? I'm going to I'm going to link in the show notes. There was uh, there's a, a makeup artist on YouTube called she's called Pixie Woo and she's called Sam something my brain is standing still i'll 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 link the video where she showed she does a whole makeup tutorial in black and white and then turns the color on and you see that she's like has green lips and bright pink eyebrows but it's the way that it like looks <laughs> mm-hmm. good like you need to think about and i think like she, she her contour and her blush is really weird but it's that thing of of tones and depth uh that does a separate thing. I don't know if I'm making sense. This is no, getting very you're to- like you're, you're making total sense because whenever <laughs> um, if it, it, black and white photography is kind of a trendy thing and it's really easy in digital to just be like, oh, let me just pop on my little black and white filter and everything's going to look cool and retro. And it's like, no, it doesn't like a lot of photos that you take that look great in color do not translate at all to black and white. Like it looks at terrible. least not without a lot of like after after right. editing you to, have to... to do a lot of post like processing of the color first and then switching it to black and white because otherwise it's going to look just muddy and terrible and i see a lot of people just turning on the black and white and mm-hmm. then being like this is great look at my cool pictures like no it just it doesn't do anything like the beauty of a black and white photo is the the detail that's put into it behind the scenes, you know, that you don't see. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, why is this one black and white photo beautiful? And this one just looks like black and white. Bleh. Like it just doesn't look like anything at all because the color that was there, like you were saying with the monsters and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's in the, the makeup. It is so different how it translates to the tone of the, the shades of gray really. And yeah, it makes a huge difference in photography. Yeah, and and black and white photography, like it, it sort of it comes with this whole 
no pun intended, filter of like, you take it more seriously, like it's immediately more artsy. If you take a picture of, I don't know, like a, a broken wheelbarrow in a field and it's in black and white, it just feels like art in a different way, like much quicker uh, or like a portrait of someone like a head headshots are almost always in black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that's so that you can fax them. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it's that thing of like they feel more like a capital P portrait somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the same like so many things that are signaled with colors like that. Uh, and it's again, like you, some of it is science, some of it isn't. It's a sociological thing like uh, in Chinese culture, white uh doesn't mean innocence it means death mm-hmm. and red means good luck so that's what you were at weddings um but some of it is also like okay so blue is calming or green is calming and 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 so you can do the same in in pictures like do you pump up certain things do you wear certain things do you stand someone in front of a a bright red background yeah i definitely think that the colors in both painting um in photography, in any kind of artistic expression can manipulate an audience. And it also, like you said, it depends culturally, like what you're going to be manipulating. If you're Mm -hmm. focusing primarily on like an American based audience, you can go with, um, you know, just like the, some of the color theories that are popular here. And then, but if you're focusing on another audience, I think that color plays so much and is, can be so heavy in a different culture that you have to kind of be careful or be prepared for different interpretations of mm-hmm. whatever you're trying to express because it can mean so different. It's making me think about, uh, do you remember there was a lot of discussion when the uh, portraits of the Obamas went up in the, is it the presidential something? As, as a non-American, I apologize. Uh, but when the official portraits of the Obamas were uh-huh. uh, presented and there was this discussion about how Michelle Obama is on this, I want to say it's like a, vaguely purpley gray but like this bluey gray background and then the bright colored leaves and everything around um president obama and just how those two different artists thought about color and the color of their clothes and like the contrast it was just it was again i can link some really interesting articles but like and and how those will signal such different things to different people depending on your frame of reference Mm uh but will always affect you some way yeah, yeah, her portrait is is almost like a a con- like some like black and white with some like popped colors and um and then his is just so vibrant and colorful especially with the way the background is painted. I I love his portrait. I think it's really mm-hmm. cool. Um I like them both. I think they're really neat. Finally some modern cool portraits, you know. Instead <laughs> yeah. of the stuffy ones that are in the White House. I mean like it was, you know, it was of the time, but I I like that now this is um that presidency like move things forward when it came to art and what art means. And I think it's going to do well historically because it will show like of the time, this is what was art. It wasn't just like, Oh, we always painted a portrait like this. So we must do it like this. Oh, now we're getting into this whole thing, but um, <laughs> I just, I, I like it. It's- also allowing different voices to mm-hmm. come like sort of like Beyonce is the reason that Vogue has its first uh, black cover photographer in 140 years of Vogue's existence. Like uh-huh. when you're in a position of power, you can let voices out. And those voices, when it comes to art, will often do different things. Like we're all socialized to adapt to the norm. And I'm sure that uh, both the painters who painted the Obama portraits and the photographer who did the Vogue cover could have done a very sort of I don't want to say white voiced, but you know, like a a very standard type portraiture. 
but they will also have something else. They have different references for color, for art, for posing, for history. Uh, and that does something too. And I, I also love how that can be sort of fascinating and sometimes almost discomforting to an audience that is not used to those things to be like, I don't know why this feels odd or different because it can be really subtle with the mm-hmm. colors and everything. Uh, but that's fascinating as well. It's just like ha- how all of that happens, like wh- where, which painterly traditions will be all about like the deep red and brown tones and which will be very much about bright colors. So now there's this whole concept of the Pantone color of the year, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> which sometimes I agree with it. And sometimes I'm just like, yeah, you just picked a color out of a hat. Like, yeah, it's okay. It's a nice color. It's a color. I mean, I don't hate, really hate any color. <laughs> Plus but... a lot of uh, different companies will have their color of the year. Like Pantone is the main one because they're not, uh, they don't sell paint. <laughs> like they're, <laughs> they're uh, produce, they, yeah. they make sort of the, the frame of reference for everyone else for all colors. But I, I think it's funny to also compare like, because you have, I know, bear paints color of the year and all these different colors of the year. And sometimes they'll be super similar and sometimes they'll be super different. And that happens in fashion too, right? Like mm-hmm. the trends of um, some of the leading fashion houses and what colors they kind of go through for the different seasons and the different years and how they kind of agree to that. And it's also kind of this group world mentality of like, where is the, where where are people swinging? Like what what are people being attracted to? Like the whole idea of millennial pink, like becoming this giant thing. I mean, was that just a, um, uh, Oh, what, who makes those movies? The crazy weird movies. Oh, uh, Wes Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Is this just like a Wes Anderson explosion of like this pink color everywhere? Speaking of movies, do you remember that scene in, uh, the devil wears Prada? Oh yeah. She talks about the blue sweater. Exactly. Like how did, how did this trickle down? I wonder if it's like partly Wes Anderson, partly like, instagram theme where it's like white gray or pink is very like that soft mm-hmm. like background and then everything else can pop against it yeah right now everything's like black and white and basket weave <laughs> like... i could i could see millennial pink being like a, it's something you wrap around yourself for comfort uh plus avocado is still not like out of 70s quarantine i think so <laughs> yeah the other millennial love thing uh, yeah, it's just, it's so funny how those colors become prominent and people are just like, I just like this image or <laughs> picture or painting because it has this color. And I find myself, so like if you were to create an, in your pottery and I guess in my painting, now that I'm actually thinking about um, trying to monetize my hobby, <laughs> but like not really, you know, like doing the market yeah. next year. Um, now, Like I'm should to you think, think of- about that? Yeah, I mean, like doing my monster. I just really wanted to paint the monster leaves, but at the same time, I'm like, I really, I saw this picture of someone holding up um, a monster leaf plate that they were showing off, and mm-hmm. it was in front of a pink wall, and that's where I got this idea for the painting, which is basically just the picture that I'm painting. But it's like that looked so cool with those two colors next to each other. So I'm like, oh, I just, I really want to do that. But now I'm thinking next time I get into the studio, I kind of want to flip it and I want to make a pink monstera leaf with a green background. This could be a really cool series, like to (laughs) just have how many different combinations. But do you remember that I said a couple episodes ago that that thing of uh, 
they say in pottery if you can't make it good make it big if you can't make it big make it blue yep and it's like it's like a truth that blue things will always sell because again people people love blue yeah and i'm thinking now like so people also are a lot very attracted to pink um because are of you into pink? pink and all t- i'm into pink right now uh i really like it it has to be the right pink and then so i don't know like i'm tending now i'm like what will people like to have hanging in their house like even if it's a one-off I don't I don't know like I'm starting to think about color and what I'm painting as also kind of marketable so I want to do like colors or patterns or subject matter that is popular and also it makes me happy to paint something as popular because I ought to I I see it all over the place and it's in my brain and I'm like all right I just need to paint it and get it out and because that's as we talked before, that's how I paint. I just paint stuff that makes me happy or I'm interested in or is stuck in my brain like a song. Like, I just got to hum the song. I just got to paint the, the stupid giant leaf. Like <laughs> I think that as as the millennials, uh, we maybe have to fight this mentality of like, yeah, it's not cool to like things that everybody else likes. It is okay to like things like that everybody else likes. It is okay to be affected by seeing mm-hmm. pink walls and monster leaves and that everybody else likes subway tile or whatever i think what what can be dangerous if it is something very specific like millennial pink is also like okay so what if uh like for you okay so you have the market in like august next year yeah oh it's probably going to be totally out by then. exactly and that's hard if you're like i mean i mean like you said with oil paints you could just paint it over with next year's uh spruce uh Foam. Yeah, I could just change the background <laughs> color and just be like, no, no, no. But that's also because I find that as well. And with certain types of art, like, for instance, with with pottery, I mean, buying glaze, glaze is expensive mm-hmm. uh, and you have to mix it up and it's kind of a hassle. And also, if you've glazed a ton of things in a color that people don't like, uh, right. then you're, you just have the things like you 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 can't really do anything with them. I guess you could try to gild them and see what happens <laughs> everyone likes gold right now too so only yeah. oh, oh, rose gold only rose gold, rose gold. <laughs> and so it's it it's hard to it's that thing of like yeah you have to you know write to market or paint to market or throw to market but you also have to I, I think also sometimes it can be hard to find your voice in the thing that's popular because mm-hmm. sometimes depending on what it is you can sometimes tell that like this was made to sell in a bad way, because I think it's okay to yeah. have things that are commercial, but where you can tell, like, this this does not quite have the, I don't know, soul of, of color. Um, so I think, I don't know, it's hard. I think it's, you have to kind of find a combo of this is a thing people, like, if, if you love brown and orange in combo, you have to be aware that, like, your market, except for a couple of years ago when <laughs> orange was Pantone's color of the year and you could find, like, 70s style stuff everywhere. And also it got way more expensive at flea markets, which I know because my husband loves orange, <laughs> so we always look out for orange stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, like, you have to know that, like, okay, if, if this is the aesthetic, that is going to give you a very narrow market. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe that is fun and maybe you'll find your niche and you'll find the other thousands of people who are like, Ooh, yes, I want something that feels uh, like a den in 1974. That's the aesthetic that I'm going for. And maybe then you'll stick out a little more than a bunch of millennial pigs. I don't know. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm a very bad entrepreneur, so maybe I shouldn't be. (laughs) I don't know. I, I think I feel that because I'm not trying to make, 
my art a business that mm-hmm. I can very I can I can paint something that's surfacey and just makes me happy to paint it because even even if it is super commercial, like you can do the commercial things and then you could do like the deep satisfying, uh, not commercial things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like uh, having it as a hobby is a giant luxury and it's really fun playing with colors that it's just like, I'm painting what makes me happy because that's why I'm painting in the first place. And I would never do something where I would make it feel like, wow, this really feels like daunting work. <laughs> and I don't like the colors I'm working with and mm-hmm. I don't find them pretty. And I, and I don't, find this entire thing appealing because it takes hours and hours and hours to do this stuff. And it's like, I don't want to be sitting around ugly colors for hours and then come up with like, you're never going to, I'm never going to feel it. Like it's, it's never going to come out great if I hate the colors myself. And it's not so, a digital print where you could just click and change the background. It is uh, a labor. How, how did right. you like pick the the shade of pink that your Monstera background was? Were you aiming for a millennial pink? I don't even know really what millennial pink is. Let me be honest. Like, I think there's a range of like what millennial pink kind of is, but no, I, I just, I mixed that color and I kind of, I liked it. So I went with it and I ended up painting two Monstera leaf canvases because I mixed too much. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I have all this pink now. I might as well, you know, make it two backgrounds. So how, how are you with that though? Could you recreate that mix now? Are you like a one of those like paint store computers? I have I'm a I am a mess when it comes to palettes. I'm just all over the place. I am not organized. I don't care what mixes with what. I'm a total jerk and using, you know, like I kind of mix with my brushes. I'm bad. I'm bad. I have bad habits. Bad. I, <laughs> I never, I don't care. Wait, is so, this you talking or studio mate Jamie or your inner art teacher talking? My inner art teacher that I feel like might yell at me if they saw me doing what I was doing. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm just assuming. And so uh, but actually my cam- like my palettes after they kind of dry up they kind of look pretty awesome so <laughs> i have them all over now at the studio like there's they're just kind of hanging out i'm like oh i need more palettes because i messed up all of mine uh but and they're all full of pretty colors that i really like <laughs> so i could probably mix it again if i mix it on, or close to or on top of like my dried mess mm-hmm. of a palette I can get it pretty close. But, I, I, sometimes yeah. I'm fascinated by that the same way that I can be fascinated by someone who has, you know, a whole symphony in their head. Someone who A, knows exactly what color they're going for and B, can just mix that on a palette without necessarily experimenting much. And part of that is experience too. But I think it's just, it's people think about color so differently and some people can just get there and some people will have to mix around a bit more on their palette. Yeah, I'm because I'm I'm not super picky. I'm okay with it's with like a kind of range. So if it's like close enough and it's on the right side of the like the the pretty side of the range instead of like the muddy side of the range, then then I'm I'm happy with it. So so that's okay with me. Um, yeah, I just I that one picture that I came across on Instagram with someone showing off this plate. <laughs> I was like, I just love the two colors that are in this picture, and I just I must cannibalize it and make my own art from it <laughs> yeah this this fall of 2018 is your pink period yeah yeah that's okay i have all those pink jars and everything too that's fine <laughs> all right i forgot about this do you do you have colors that you hate like for instance i i don't like the sort of fleshy and i mean that by like meaty like chicken style salmony like the 
I don't know, like the 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 sort of semi peachy that goes vaguely. T- what I'm thinking here is like teachers in the 80s. So not kids in the 80s pink, because then I'm all for both the like uh, dusty pinks and pale pinks and the bright pinks. But that like kind of like, I don't know, livery pate pink, <laughs> which is also a color that I've tried to find in a really good nail polish, but it, I don't think it works with my skin tone. Uh, but for a long time, it was like that sort of so raw, raw chicken pink. No, because that's still a good color. More like, mm, oh, this is hard. Yeah, it's hard think- to talk. It's hard to have like a, a oral conversation about something that's so visual, right? Like, but I like it. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, it, I'll put in the show notes the hex code for the color that I'm thinking of. <laughs> which still, yeah. and speaking of like, do we see the same colors? That's also like, so our our screens calibrated the same. You'll never know what color i'm thinking of exactly because yeah even i if- have a i had a problem with like um finding a good printer that would you know you have to calibrate essentially your screen to your photo prints to make sure that while you're working it looks the same as what it's going to print as mm-hmm. and that's like a whole process um but yeah it uh it is certain tones of certain colors just make me be like oh no i don't like that but i like the one that's like right next to it Mm -hmm. like why is that it's like this one's okay this one's like right now i'm looking at the walls in this office and it is this horrible green color it is like it's kind of a mix between a neon green but that was don't toned down with some gray and there's a lot of yellow in it it's not avocado it's not cute it is it's just (laughs) it's horrible it it's like I don't even know where they found this paint, but it's terrible. And I hate this green. <laughs> I also don't like, and again, I think a lot of it is uh, associations. Like for instance, like the weird shade of dirty olive that a lot of school buildings, at least in like yes. the nineties and early yeah, aughts that, had. That color's bad. That's a bad color. And why? And the shade that the weird carpeting would have at least in california and around the millennium <laughs> where you're like why 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 do you want everyone to hate their life yeah there's just so many colors that just make you feel bleh. like i don't want a color to make me feel bleh. <laughs> and again some of it is association where like why on earth would someone choose this color for a doctor's office and part of it is that the color is not great but also like but i've seen this in so many public buildings that mm-hmm. it just makes me think of public buildings there's also this one shade of purple that I really don't like. And and it also depends on the situation. Like wall paint is different than art color, is different than color in nature of a flower, is different than mm-hmm. like a color on a computer, like an app or something like that, or, or an object that you have. But there's this one purple and it's kind of like a dusty uh, violet color that I feel like was the little girl paint color for a long time in like little girl bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And you walk into a room that's covered in that and it's almost like a periwinkle, but mm-hmm. bad, bad periwinkle. <laughs> and I don't like that at all. Either. <laughs> it's a bad color. I never had a room that color, but it is. Well, so again, depending on how, like maybe it's an, an outfit or a pattern or maybe not a room or like a couch and a wall, but it could be cool. No, I was just thinking that I, this kind of makes me like, I want to do just like bonus episode of just us talking 
confusingly about color for 40 minutes <laughs> it's like this but not it's like dreams this is terrible like, this is not good conversation <laughs> although i, I like really it like i think it. it's fun i like I, it I, I actually like sometimes having those conversations and, and maybe that is like when i hang out with artsy people like when you're talking to people who also love nail polish or yarn and you're trying to exp- express exactly what it is like trying to say like okay this is my like platonic ideal of purple this is what i'm looking for it's like that but not that and this well, it's like it's like sort people of... who taste wine right like you mm-hmm. or or taste anything really in, into a depth that is you need to reach out for words like dirt and like it tastes <laughs> a little like dirt in the back of the tongue and it has like a little bit of persimmon over here and this over there and like you're licking a pine tree and it's like yeah okay i see that's a... <laughs> and then sometimes you even start talking about the way the shade makes you feel like sometimes when we've talked about yarn on my knitting podcast you try to talk about like this is sort of like moss but it also makes you feel like walking across heather like it's not <laughs> heather colored but it's not and i love that when you're but yeah to to someone who's maybe not super interested do you do you have people that you can talk to i'm 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 very stereotypical here so i'm wondering if your husband is like mine who's like yes dear that's nice. Well, he does a lot, a lot of color work. I mean, he, he mainly deals with orange and like a turquoisey blue, which was for me <laughs> um, in his app. But he uh, he'll often be like, which tone, what shade, you know, like so he is playing with those sliders. Have you seen all those collections of movie posters that are orange and turquoise because it's like the best contrast colors? No, but it, the orange and the it's like a, one of my favorite video games. Actually, it's Portal <laughs> has those two colors and it's awesome. Anyway, but um, actually, I take everything back I just said because Pontus uh, is always on the search for the perfect orange ink and the perfect orange pen, and he see, knows exactly inks and pens. It's so specific, right? And it's like and he's like he wants tiny... the cheerful orange mm-hmm. and has to be happy orange and like and it can be different oranges, but he knows the ones that are right. Yep. Uh, and sometimes it can be like, oh, this is a yellow with hints of orange. And that's also great. But like it has to be a cheerful. But then he also wants one that's a little more sedate so he can use it for like uh, marking up when he's written down Cody stuff or whatever. And it's it's so I take everything back because he's very, <laughs> very hilarious when he does that. And he sounds almost like me. So I think that there is an opportunity that everybody who I think we can find some way that every person cares about a color of something, Mm -hmm. whether it is nail polish, makeup, pen, ink, um, apps, you know, like, uh, photos, it it just yarn. It it could be clothing, anything. I think that there is some facet of life in every single person that they can say, I'm very picky about the colors during this or in this. So I think that's why color is super important. I'm almost sad that neither of us has thin- synesthesia, or I'm assuming you don't because you would have said something at this point, that thing of where words or smells or numbers can have colors. So there's the whole range from those people to people who are colorblind. Do you cry at old men who get those special glasses so they can see colors? Like what? the videos? I didn't even, what? I didn't even know that that was a thing. Oh, there's, no. There's this company that uh, they were originally, they worked on, or the guy who invented them, he was working on spe- special protective glasses for surgeons to block out the lasers so that they could see, like, the separation of lasers and blood and everything. And and then they discovered that what they do is they help some, somebody's going to yell at me after this, but the way I remember it is that they, they do certain things with refraction so the people who are colorblind can see 
not everyone, but certain groups of colorblindness, they can see the colors that they've never seen. Mm-hmm. But you see there's so many videos and it's usually older men because it's more prevalent in men. And I guess it's more fun to do it with someone who's really never seen color. Plus, I love old men who cry. It's a weird thing I have. Uh <laughs> But that, and they're so, like, they almost all start crying because part of it, I think, is just like input overload. But also, suddenly they're like, wow. And it's like when people talk about getting glasses as kids, suddenly you see that the trees have leaves. But in this case, they see that the trees have green leaves. And a lot of times people will have like a bunch of balloons in colors. The one that was the cutest I saw was this old man who uh, said to his granddaughter, was like, you have red hair. And it's like, it was just, it was always brown to him. Uh, <laughs> And sometimes I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not colorblind. I see a lot of colors and I notice with not everyone else cares about color as much as I do. But I'm like, what if I am? What if I, you know, put on a pair of those weird glasses and suddenly I see more color? I mean, I guess you would never know, but there is kind of like the, um, I don't know. I think that people who see color clearly it's a pretty clear argument of, you know, if you like doing those color tests, like putting shades into Mm -hmm. order and stuff. And when you get it wrong and they show you that it's wrong, it's like, Oh yeah, I can see where I made that mistake. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. that's just me. Oh no, it's just my, uh, I don't know. Now I'm losing all faith and everything. (laughs) How do you see color? It's just, it's, it's fascinating. All the different things that both our eyes and our brains do with color, even before you get into like, is pink a girl color or a boy color? Oh, that's um, a whole nother conversation. Yes. <laughs> we'll get on the history of, of, uh, of uh, only dressing boys in pink because it's such a strong color and little girls can't handle it. Um, yeah. My, um, my son gets upset because he, his favorite color is purple. And um, some girls at school tell him it's a girl color or some boys at school tell him that purple's a girl color. And he came home one day and he was very upset about that. And I was like, look, I was like, OK, so the, do do colors have a penis or a vagina? And he's like, <laughs> no. And I'm like, well, then they can't be boys or girls. So it doesn't matter. It's a color. It has no gender. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Well, okay. this is funny because I was I was trying to think of like superheroes who are purple because you have the Phantom and mm-hmm. Batgirl. And then I quickly Googled superheroes purple and it's they almost never wear purple because of the way early printing worked in comic books. So, <laughs> yeah, like we I didn't even want to go with like this. This boy wears purple at this point. Like Marco's been wearing some more pink clothes so that Adam feels more comfortable with that. And I mean, it just in general, I think that the boys department is starting to get more and more color into their stuff which is great the hulk has purple pants mm-hmm. except i don't think bruce banner wears purple pants that then tear off into yeah why does he like manifest into like magical purple pants <laughs> because purple is great and also purple contrasts well with green yeah so there you go it all comes back around <laughs> but no we had to have a discussion that like color is ungendered like it doesn't matter what the color is because mm-hmm. it it inherently does not have a gender at all so it doesn't matter um, but he was okay with that and he went with it and I was like, cool, good, good, <laughs> good talk. And I mean, also, if you want to get into like what's natural, you also see in some species, the, the, uh, ladybirds is not, but like the, <laughs> the females of the species are the brightly colored ones. And in others, the, the males of the species are the brightly colored ones. And they usually do have all the colors and like, uh, you know, got to play with all the colors of, of the wind and so on. And I'm like, should we have a color theme on our Instagram? Because that's all the rage. So would it be teal or millennial pink if we were going to do 
a theme for a month on our Instagram, do you think? Oh, man, a color theme for a whole month mm-hmm. on Instagram? Hmm. I don't know. I'll, I'll let you pick. We could do teal. <laughs> I'm like, it's going to be black and white because then I don't have to think about the shades matching throughout the month. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that Instagram is at uh, MakeDoPod uh, on both Twitter and Instagram and the show notes, uh, which this time apparently I'm just going to give you all sorts of weird articles and videos. <laughs> uh, you can find the show notes at MakeDoPod.com. And again, you can use the hashtag MakeDoPod if you want us to not miss your stuff. Uh, if you're a subscribe type, uh, doing that will get you new episodes in your device. I was about to say before anyone else, but at the same time as everyone else. Uh, but you can also always stream right on the website on makedupod.com. And you can follow us individually at Tiffany Armand and at Julia Scott. And we shall be back in a fortnight. Uh, I can almost promise that we won't talk about colors for 40 minutes, but it's not guaranteed. <laughs> hey, it's a podcast about creating. Of course, we're going to talk about <laughs> colors. I think we're going to do this again, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I mean, not the next episode, but maybe, you know, a few down the line. I, I want to talk about some more colors. I like colors. <laughs> we all like colors. So uh, this episode has been brought to you by the color purple and the letter B. Uh, <laughs> but until we're back, go make and do. <laughs>